Broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio inside the Gas South Convention Center in Duluth, Georgia, it's time for Gwinnett Business Radio. Gwinnett Business Radio is presented by Regions Bank, Brave the Beginning, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. And greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome to another hopefully award-winning edition of Gwinnett Business Radio here in the Subaru of Gwinnett Studios inside the beautiful, stupendous, incomparable Gas South District Convention Center. I am your slightly annoying host, Stephen Julian, and sitting next to me is my wonderful co-host, Harper LaBelle. You're Mr. Adjective today? Because you am. had three of them? I am. Okay. In honor of, uh, in honor of my mother. Oh, and not, not any particular reason. She taught sixth grade and taught people adjectives. So she was a thesaurus reader? She was. Yeah. She was just an avid, a voracious reader. How's that? Synonyms, antonyms, or homonyms? Which one do you like the best? <laughs> Synonyms. Synonyms. Goes well in my coffee. Yeah. Yeah. I like it with a little pumpkin spice There as well. you go. Yeah, Absolutely. We go. Well, people did not tune in to listen to our uh, linguistic banter like that. Instead, they wanted to hear from our fantastic guests. Harper, we got two great guests. Yeah, we do. Uh, we I'm ready. Will you introduce them for me? Absolutely. With boldness and uh, confidence? Absolutely. We, right. we have uh, Cheryl Alberico. She is here to talk about WIC Week, Women in Construction Week, and also her company, UGIST. And we also have Sosana Cabetta. She is here with Saligasa Direct Primary Care and Consulting Services. If Mike were here, I don't think he would have made it through those. That's a mouthful, but we'll go over that in just <laughs> a little will, bit. We will, we will, and we'll see how well I did. There's a prescription for what you just did. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> let's uh, let's start with uh, Cheryl Alberico. She is here with UGEST, and she is here to talk about all kinds of companies and women in construction week. Cheryl, welcome to the studio. Thanks so much. You did a great job of pronouncing my name. Oh, thank you. All right, off to a good start. I'm one for well, one. pronunciation is what Stephen is all about. <laughs> Especially today. Absolutely, absolutely. So uh, talk about your company, you just and uh, and then we'll we'll kind of quickly pivot to the Women in Construction Week. Great. Um, so you just Construction is a local construction company. We're here. We have offices in Norcross, Duluth, and my office is in Suwannee. I'm actually an architect and interior designer by trade, and I have the privilege of working for Peter Kim, who owns several companies. You just is one of the arms of uh, his large um, network in this area. And uh, we are a minority business, uh, small business, the you just construction side of it. And what we do is multifamily, commercial construction, high NTI work. Um, lately, I've been doing a lot of senior centers, mm. a lot, mini storage. Um, but Peter also, his other company, EGA, which is out of Norcross, they do larger scale projects. They do building envelopes. So uh, Truist Park, um, a lot of high rises. So he's a, a great man. He's an entrepreneur and a, lo a, a local business that supports. And the you just construction uh, kind of... Of a, also, there shows the creativity uh, because it's not spelled Y-O-U-J-U-S-T, yes. but... There's a backstory to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so it, I love the what it stands for. So how you say it is and how you remember it is you just hired the right general contractor. But it actually means... Uh, in, in Latin, perpetual movement. Mm -hmm. And the our logo is based off of the Fibonacci, the golden ratio. And it, for our subs, they look at it and they're like, it's a saw. And I'm like, just remember us as you just hired the right general contractor. I like it. I like it. So the perpetual motion is when the stairs <laughs> go in a, it, it make a, a block in a square and they're yep. always going up or down. Yep. Is there 
the perpetual motion portion of it. How did you get involved with construction? That's so Great story. Not, not ladylike. Oh, you know what? It actually is, believe it or not. And it's getting more and more popular. Agreed. I yeah. grew up in Canada, and that's why I love hockey, and I love this area too. I come here a lot. Um, and I grew up in an Italian family, and everybody is in construction in my family. And I swore I would never get into construction. So I studied architecture and interior design. I actually studied in Rome and I studied in Turkey and I got into construction because I love it so much. And my job is I do a lot of design builds. I hate this so much family that I'm going to end up doing it the rest of my life. Because yeah. that's what I know and I'm comfortable with, yeah. right? Especially going to Rome. Too bad there's nothing architectural. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nothing to see what there. A dry place. You go to Athens yeah. too while yeah. you're at it. Just, yeah, no big deal there. So, um, the Parthenon. That's but I, what I love doing is working with family businesses and supporting either small businesses or minority businesses. And today's February 1st, so it's Black History Month as well, too. Mm-hmm. We need to respect that. But being in, a, in the Southeast, there's lots of opportunity here. And let me tell you, there's lots of more women joining the construction industry a lot more women. And um, yeah, and I love it. Uh, So my job is business development and marketing more Mm -hmm. and then helping out with a little bit with the design build. Well, let's talk a little bit because you said there's there's plenty of opportunity and there's lots more participation over the last few years of women in construction. So how has that evolved uh, over the years, particularly during your career, but also even before your career? Just how has... uh, how has that evolved with the participation of women in the construction industry? What different ways? So historically, we've seen a lot of women more in the office, right? Holding jobs in construction in the office. Now we're seeing it on site. Mm-hmm. And um, variety of reasons. They still don't pay equal, but it's pretty close. Mm. Um, and there's lots of opportunity because there's a labor shortage, Right. And there's a lot of jobs. Explain the pay difference, because that's a real hot topic right now. Is it because I don't have the hours yet? I don't have the, not the degree, but the amount of expertise yet? A little bit of that, too. And and I think, and don't, actually, no, you can't quote me. I think it's either 95 cents or 98 cents to the dollar, whereas architecture, where I came from, has a lot more to yeah. um, so so if you're 95 98 that that there's there's some reasons behind that that aren't just gen, gender pay gap it might be it's experience yeah, you know it, it and it's um and right now because of the jobs that are out there there has to be a pay scale so because it's so new for women getting into it they can get in at the same pay and and I wanted to ask particularly on the job site you, you you're kind of talking about trades and, Correct. and this is one of the things I know even though I've I've I had one trade job when I was in college, but I certainly have not very little to no experience in that area. Trades are becoming should be becoming a huge issue both for men and women to get on site and to get a career started that is becoming well paid because of the skills gap. Shortage. It's huge. It's huge. And I actually do a lot of work with Covenant House, which is a homeless shelter, and we talk to these kids and say, Don't go to college and, and accumulate tons of debt, go to a trade school. Mm -hmm. And then if you want to go back to college, go for a two year degree in business. Mm -hmm. And you know, they're making and pay for it with your massive salary that you're getting because the skills gap is has caused the starting wages and first or second year, third year wages to go super high. Micro Works Foundation is one I support and know a lot about, but I know they're not the only one. So I'm sure Wick Week, I'm sure Women in Construction has ways that they can help people kind of get started. So talk a little bit about, okay. uh, yeah. Oh, so yeah. in 1960, Women in Construction Week was introduced to honor the association. And believe it or not, there was only 16 women 
that started this. That was nationally. Correct. There's probably 10 more than I would have thought would have been there. <laughs> so congratulations, ladies, for showing up. Yeah. So However... Now. now we have 115 chapters across the country. We are the largest chapter here with, I think it's 182 members and growing. So wow. if anybody wants to join and we take men too, we love men to support women in construction. Um, but it is really helped out. It's not only women in leadership. We're seeing a lot of the trades or people mm. who are in school, like Kennesaw um, right now, yeah. they have a great program that they're coming out. Or you know what we're seeing in which I, this is dear to my heart. My dad was in construction. He was not educated. He was an immigrant. He never went to school. He was basically didn't read or write. So we helped out a lot. And he was a drywall tile um, plasterer. And now we're seeing a lot of subs saying to their daughters, why don't you take over the business? Hmm. We never saw that before. My dad was like, you he would take me on site, but he would be like, go help out. He wouldn't actually treat, teach me the mm -hmm. trade. Mm -hmm. So now we're seeing a lot of the subs who are saying, look, I have a daughter. I don't, it doesn't automatically go to the son, mm. right? I have a daughter that wants to get into this. She's a businesswoman. You know, she can run this and attract more women into the business. What are some of the traits that you would say for most women that would be an indicator go, this might be a great fit for you? Electrician, plumber, welder, site superintendent, mm. right? Being on site, you're organized, you know, you can lead. We're, um, Spelman College, at Wick Week, um, last year we did a tour of Spelman College. They're doing an innovation center and on site was a women's site superintendent she's from turner and then we had other women um on site as well too which was kind of unheard of which such a large um a group of women that were running this job and spellman actually pushed that a little bit yeah. and said like let's celebrate this and so we did a tour of the site it was amazing we're speaking with cheryl alberico she is here with you just construction she is also here uh supporting and and promoting wick week women in construction week this year in 2024 we're recording this in early 2024 this year the dates are march th uh, 3rd through the 9th uh and it is uh you were kind of talking so this year the wick week is happening at many locations here in Metro Atlanta. Talk, talk a little bit about if people want to participate this year, what, where do they go? What do they do? Right. So WIC Week is in a national organization. So there's 115 different organizations. You can go to um, uh, NAWIC, which is N-A-W-I-C dot um, O-R-G, and then go on the website and look for the different chapters. So Atlanta has the largest chapter, and we're doing different things throughout the week. Okay. Locally, we're supporting women businesses as far as restaurants. We're going to hold a, an event. We have um, a lunch at Maggiano's that we have uh, four women on a panelist talking about their challenges and their celebrations within being in construction. And then um, Friday night, we have a gala at Dunwoody um, Country Club, mm. and it's called um, High Heels and Hard Hats. Nice. And and the the website specifically for Wick Week is wicweek.org, wickweek.org, and uh, also, uh, and and you said that uh, Wick, even though it's women in construction, men are welcome. Are men welcome to participate in many of the Wick Week? Uh, Absolutely. Activity? Now and we don't have to wear high heels to the. No, gala. you don't. Do if you want to, well, like, you we're could. not going to discriminate, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. I'm but not telling anybody what to wear. I shave no. my legs just for it. Yeah, I'm. I can't handle that. I I would trip and fall, and it would be a bad sign. And yeah. you know what? Actually, you can help out too. On Friday, it's Wear Red Day, and I'd love for you to wear red and take a picture and post it and say, "These are for our women in construction. We are supporting you." 
And that would be on Friday, March the 8th. 8th. Right. Yeah, there you go. Uh, yep. thank, thank heavens for calendars on my phone. I forgot to tell you, the national theme is Keys to the Future um, and celebrates the strength and the knowledge of women uh, and the vital role that they play in shaping the future of the construction industry. And like the stigma around women working in construction has reduced drastically, but this is for people like my father that don't realize it and, you know, and they, they could come and my dad could bring me to an event to support women in construction and younger women, too, that don't know what they don't know yet. Tell me, you just mentioned the future and the outlook, and that'll be part of the theme. What has your observation been since you became an architect? You've had the, the ability to go all across the world. What have you seen that's changed that really enlightens you to say, well, I'm in the right business at the right time? Or is there some other things that we have a lot of needs and there's some things that we need to get fixed and do so very quickly? Tell me what your perspective has been, where we are now and where you think we're going to be. So my point of view is actually very positive. All the men are supporting the women. Mm -hmm. That's what we need is, uh, you know, on site and um, talking about it. It's just the education, right? Mm -hmm. And so I hear all these stories. Actually, there's one lady, um, Oriel. She owns um, a construction company that her dad gave her, um, not gave her, she grew up in the business mm -hmm. and she had four brothers. Anyways, she yeah, came, it, yeah. she came out with a, a book, a children's book about her story getting into construction. Connie loves construction. And the great thing about this is you're getting to the younger generation. Mm -hmm. These kids are saying, I didn't know. I thought being in construction was driving a truck and wearing a hard hat. And, and it's like, right. there's so many. And then now think of technology. Technology has helped us so much too, because mm -hmm. let's be honest, we're not as sometimes as strong as men. Mm -hmm. And the technology has helped us in the construction industry because I could be running the technology component of mm -hmm. it. Right. Well, well, as an architect, too, please forgive me, Stephen, yeah, real no. quick. I mean, I, I would imagine that your eyes see, why have we always done it this way? We can do it this way, and it might be a little more efficient. It could be a little bit better, and it could save everybody some money. Right. You've you seen know what? different yeah. obvious. Uh, Absolutely. And, you know, you don't realize how far we've come. I, I'm obsessed with the, the Gilded Age. I don't know if you've seen it on HBO. And they talked about, and I didn't realize this history. Did you know the Brooklyn Bridge was designed by a woman, but they didn't want to tell anybody? It was her husband and her who designed it. And they said, please don't tell him because nobody will walk across. No man will walk across yeah. it. We've and come like, a long way. We've come a long way. Yeah. It's amazing. You That's know? a secret I didn't know. I, Can I go across I, the bridge now? I actually did know that. It's still uh, standing. It's, by the yeah. way, Ken Burns' first documentary about the Brooklyn Bridge, fantastic documentary, as is all Ken Burns stuff. So, sorry. Shout out to Mr. Burns. Anyway, um, so I was going to ask this. So I, I love, you know, we're, you, you came on this show to kind of talk about Wick Week in particular, but... What I'm hearing is the women in construction, all the different chapters, especially the one here in the metro Atlanta area, you guys never slow down. You guys never stop. I'm sure that we're focusing on things on the WIC week, but there are things happening all the time. So Yeah, like National Organization of Women in Construction, we mentor each other, and I call it reverse mentor. I have, I'm 52. I know I don't look it, but I have people who I'm mentoring in their 20s and they're teaching me about technology and just new nuances about the business too, right? And then we have another component of it is like we teach each other new things, like how to read drawings of the new technologies that are out there. There's something that I'm volunteering this week, which is with NAWIC and it's at Forsyth County Middle School and it's called Block Kids, B-L-O-C-K. And it's a competition, a national competition for Legos, which we all grew up 
playing in Legos, mm-hmm. especially in architecture. And it's a competition for kids, K through um, fifth grade. And it's sponsored by NAWIC. And last year we had 128 kids. This week we're going to have 200 kids. That's awesome. Well, Stephen and I were blockheads. Yeah. <laughs> Does that count? Yeah. Yeah. Gumby, I, remember I, Gumby and the yeah. little blockheads with the I was going to say re- on the re- side? reverse mentoring. So they're telling you about current technology and you're trying to preach to them about, hey, let me tell you about my Apple IIe that I used when I was in college, right? I mean, that's... A, that's but we also so. talk about, like, it's a safe place for us to talk about certain things. Like, let's just be honest. There are certain things that happen in the field still that you're like, did that really just happen? Mm. What year are we in? But Oh, men are cavemen no. on, on a construction site. We can be idiots. No, There's no question about that. You know, there's so. certain things that are done, but we are talking about it and then kind of playing up the scenarios of like, what do we do in this scenario? Right. Right. So that you're not shocked by it. And then you can also, or if you see it happening... You can say, wait a minute, can I, I gotta just call this out? Mm. And there's certain things that, you know, I'm still teaching my parents about, I'm like, you can't say that anymore. You know, did you not get the memo? Mm. So it's, yeah. it's awareness and education and it's supporting too. I'm going to tell you here in the South, we have not had that many problems. Women are supported by men in construction mm. and they're like, they're, they've even said it to us. Like you guys can multitask more. You're more organized. <laughs> if we're like, yeah, you know, we can help each other. Right. I like that. So, well, Bill Russell, the famous uh, Boston Celtics, said several years ago there's a lot of controversy about some things. And the only thing he cared about in terms of the NBA, can he play? In other words, can you get the job done? Can you get the job done. I I need the job done. Mm. Can you do it? And if the answer is yes, then who cares who does it, right? And in construction, I think that that is being shouted from every halfway finished rooftop. Well, especially because Cheryl had mentioned there's such need, plumbing, electrical, welding, you name it. There's a lot of different areas where Project most... managers? Mm. Oh, yeah. Great field. Nobody wants to <laughs> look at the whole thing, right? The general contractor, that's not an easy job. Deal with people and the drawings? I don't know if I want to do both of that, right? So I, I mean, do want to say something, though. Yeah. Every woman in construction is welcome to join the association. So we say that we support the AEC community, architects, engineers, and people in construction. Mm. And then different arms of construction, too, right? It's a big umbrella. So f- the folks big. that are listening that would say, hey, I've got a friend that's either interested in this or already has... Uh, a, a foot in the door, if you will. Uh, wh- where would they go to learn more about what you're trying to get accomplished, about the WIC Week itself and then some of the other things that you have planned? They can either reach out to me directly on LinkedIn, Cheryl Abarigo. I have a LinkedIn page. And then, or the nawicatlanta.org website. And students can join for $25. Mm. Why wouldn't they join? They're expanding their network, mm. right? If they're looking for jobs in the future, they're getting to meet people, they're getting to understand the different companies and their culture. And we, you know, we have some construction people that only have five people on staff mm-hmm. versus 250 people. Yeah. So and I guess we're learning from each other. For, for the newbies, the type of information, not only, hey, I'm uh, an existing contractor and I need help here, or I will have a job in the future. Will that all be available for people to kind of weed their way through and, and find stuff that's directly... I can talk from a personal story. We joint venture a lot with other general contractors. So a joint venture would say, I, I personally love working with my minority small businesses. So I have one lady, Claudette. Hi, Claudette. She owns, uh, she's only two people in her firm and she's an African-American woman-owned business. And I joint venture with her because I have the bonding capability and I have the financial backing to go after large projects with her. Mm. And I'm helping her grow and she's helping me too. Mm. Right? So we see that a lot. Most men don't want to do that. It's me. It's only me. No. And I can only do it by myself. 
If they want to make money, they will. Well, yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's more important, isn't that's it? That's true. That's true. Uh, so you gave uh, the con- you gave the contact information for women in construction, specifically this local chapter. I wanted to give you uh, finally the opportunity at the end here for those people who might want to talk about uh, talk to you about you just construction. How do people get in touch with your company in particular? They could reach out to me as well too, and. You know, I'm all about the community. If I'm not the right fit for your project, which I might not be, I will get you in touch with the other general contractor that will be the right fit for you. Hmm. Um, I I forgot to mention, too, there was one other thing. The the gala, the High Heels Gala at Dunwoody Country Club. That uh, Harper shaving his legs for? Yeah, (laughs) go ahead. I've already done that. Listen to this. There's a fashion show for construction fashion that these women have started. How brilliant is that? There we go. Now we know why you shaved your legs. And I'm wearing. I look heels. so good in the lumberjack shirt. I'm, it's just unbelievable. Plaid is the I'm new orange. Okay, I sleep all night and I work. Anyway, all right. Once so, again, Cheryl, phone numbers, addresses, emails. G- give me uh, uh, websites. Where, where where can people get in touch with you? Because I don't know if you gave a phone number. Did you? Do you want me to? Please. I don't mind. It's, a, it's your call. Yeah, four seven zero two three two three five five five. Sometimes I don't answer my phone. Just text me, and it's Cheryl Abarico with you. Just construction. I'm here to help. I'm here to mentor. Um, you know, NAWIC has been great to me, but mm-hmm. it's also looking for new members. Come out and try it out and see if it feels like your tribe. I like it. Cheryl Alberico with uh, Women in Construction Week and You Just Construction. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for your time. Absolutely. We'll be back right after these messages. Life is full of ifs, but if you want to cash flow like a pro and get paid up to two days early, safeguard against surprises and supercharge your savings, Regions Life Banking makes it possible. Regions Bank embrace the if in life. Regions Bank, member FDIC. For the first time ever, the Atlanta Gladiators podcast will now be on Business Radio X. Be on the lookout for new interviews each week as Director of Broadcasting and Communications, Liam Gottimer, chats with Gladiator players, coaches, and even representatives from corporate partners. For tickets, partnerships, and more, visit atlantagladiators.com or call our front office at 770-497-5100 to chat with a Gladiator representative today. Atlanta Gladiators Hockey, draw your sword. We always love having great guests here at the Gas South District on Business Radio X. Love is what makes a Subaru a Subaru. You can enjoy the big savings, hassle-free experience, and all of the great things about getting either a new or previously enjoyed new car at Subaru of Gwinnett, where people sell cars. Yes, you can get a previously owned car as well. Visit SubaruofGwinnett.com. You can join their family today. You can come on in and see the difference. If you're already a Subaruist, then check out their Facebook page for the latest news, offers, and community events. Those are great adjectives. Previously enjoyed. That is a it's an ad- great it's, it's an adjective uh, day today. It is. It's it's adjective day here on Gwinnett Business Radio. Actually Not agitating <laughs> if well, we do too much we'll be agitating well, that's, but right uh, now it's trust a, me agitating is my Middle name. Oh, yeah. Middle name, love language, all that good stuff. Tell you what, uh, we would be agitating if we did not quickly introduce our next guest. Fantastic guest with us today. Sosana Kebeda is here with Sali Glossa, Direct Primary Care and Consulting Services. Thank you so much for being here. It's a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. So Sali Glossa, Direct Primary Care. Let's just start. Direct Primary Care. What does that mean? Talk talk a little bit about direct primary care and what you guys do. Sure. So direct primary care is a new healthcare model 
where you get unlimited access to your doctor and enhanced quality care for membership fee. So that's the, the, the short answer of it. And big picture description, direct primary care basically has done away with insurance companies. Patients have unlimited access to their physicians. They have the same day appointment. Uh, In some cases, they may have to go a day later, but usually same day appointments are available. They have access to their doctors 24-7. Say, for example, if you're traveling out of the country or out of the state and you need to talk to your doctor, you could reach them by phone or video. Um, there's price transparency, there's no copay, there is no deductible. So you get a list number of things or, or services for a membership fee. So there's no guessing game in terms of, well, will this be covered by my insurance or not? You pay your membership, you get that, that service no matter what, no matter how many times you need to have it. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask if I can try and repeat back slightly different what you said, given being on this side of the table as someone who's dealt with insurance for a while and trying to navigate the wonderfully complicated maze of trying to get healthcare, right? So what this trade-off is, is rather than paying one thing, one incredibly inflated price, that's my words, not yours, for getting health insurance so I can get access to doctor and then I got to find out what doctor, where, and when can I get in and how soon can I get in and the standard of care is probably like three to five minutes in the room with a doctor and a whole lot of other things. This is a relationship where you pay directly to the, the physician and the physician's office to then have access for a high percentage of what you use the healthcare system for, which is meeting with somebody and talking through your issues and figuring out what next steps you need to take and having them help you take it. Is that it? You're basically trading off and paying one membership fee for that? Yeah. So you did it very well, actually oh, a lot you. better than I did. So oh. 80 to 90% of medical issues could be taken care of by a good primary care physician. So this is not, direct primary care is not an insurance plan. That's one thing that we need to say right off the bat. It is a program, and it's a program that is uh, accepted and, and uh, by including by uh, the Affordable Care Act. So it's, it's a viable program, but it's not an insurance plan. So for a membership fee, then you, you do away with the need to wait for your primary doctor to see you in two, three weeks, or if you call them, your information may get routed via a staff member. And so you have a lot of conveniences to see them and see them for long periods of time. Appointments are an hour long for new patients, uh, not the 15 minutes and then you got to go because mm-hmm. the other patient is waiting. So yes, all of the things you mentioned are the conveniences direct primary care offers. And with a direct primary care physician, uh, I think a lot of times people think, oh, the, the annual checkup, I'm, they're really just checking some numbers. A direct primary care physician, you said 80 to 90%. How much more can a direct primary care physician like yourself, what other services, and you don't need to go through the whole list, but what are some of the other services that people might think, oh, I didn't think about that with direct primary care. They just, I I think what's happened, again, going back to the other model, is, well, I go see the first person, so then they tell me where I'm supposed to go for everything else I need other than the very, 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 very basics. 
Yeah, so direct primary care is composed of people who are considered primary care practitioners. This includes family medicine doctors, internal medicine doctors, OBGYN, and pediatricians. Those are the primary care doctors traditionally. So it, it's going to depend on which type of you know, primary care doctor you choose. I'm an internist, so I only see adults, for instance, so I won't be able to take care of your kids. But most of the primary care clinics can take care of basic things, such as if you come in with a cough and cold, I could do a strep test, we could do flu tests, we could do vaccinations, we could do minor laceration or uh, repair or uh, suture removal, serum and impaction removal, urinary analysis. So the basics of care could be done in-house, and in most cases, it's covered by your membership. There might be certain things such as getting an MRI for a back pain for which you need to go outside. And a lot of developed direct primary care centers actually have created a working relationship with some of these organizations so that cash-paying patients could get reduced uh, care at these facilities. And if you're paying a monthly uh, payment for that direct primary care, it's going to be, I'm assuming, lower than someone's insurance cost and can then save some other money to save that up for things like an MRI or for a colonoscopy or some of the other things you have to go outside the, the direct primary care office. That's, that's part of the planning, right? Yes, yeah. it is. And, and a lot of people have a hard time making the transition. Why would I? So as we said, you know, it, it does not replace your insurance because you need your insurance to see a specialist. You need an insurance if you get admitted to the hospital. You need an insurance if you need to go use it for a specialized procedure. So for a lot of people, the, the, the problem in understanding why they would see themselves paying for this membership fee is, if I have an insurance that covers primary care, why would I need it? So the argument to think about would be, you know, how often do you get to see your primary care doctor? How quickly can you see them? If you were traveling to Florida to see a family member, and God forbid you get bitten by something else, can you get to your doctor? No. In most cases, you need to go to emergency room or the urgent care. In the drug primary care model, you could call your doctor, and that doctor would get on the phone with you. They could do video calls with you and take a look at your bite and say, you know what? This looks like we need to, to take care of it in the house with X, Y, Z. So the convenience of having your doctor basically at your beck and call is unbeatable. Mm -hmm. Not to mention if you're someone who has multiple comorbidities and you have diabetes, hypertension, heart disease, and a whole number of other medical conditions, that 15 minutes FaceTime for a lot of people just doesn't do it. So when you have access to a doctor that has the time to sit with you and talk with you and, and, and describe things and mention things to you in a way you understand, and God forbid if you get admitted to the hospital, they're really working with the physicians on the other side to coordinate your care, it truly is an unbeatable uh, deal. So, Sana, you said at the beginning that this was a new type or a newer description. It sounds a little bit like concierge or more of a luxury care, but it's not exactly. So explain the difference, if you would, and, and allow our listeners to know how you're uniquely placed in right now uh, in the market uh, to take care of a different need. Yeah, so the drug primary care is similar in terms of... Uh, 
the, the requirement for membership with concierge medicine. The main difference is, number one, concierge medicines do work with insurance companies. They still charge the insurance companies in addition to paying a certain amount of money per month. So that's the major difference. Primary care with direct primary care, there's no insurance involved. The second major difference is the direct primary care model tends to take that personal, direct personal relationship a step further. A lot of direct primary care physicians are able to negotiate prices with area uh, services for cash paying uh, patients. Very interesting scenario that I'm going to ask you. Is it Mm -hmm. a little bit like this? Let's say the business leaders that are here and I want to be a part of this program. I'm not necessarily moving myself up in line, but if I do have something that I need, I have a doctor in my own network that I've selected who is a part of this that can visit with me personally where I don't have to go through the, the the paperwork, if you will, and the waiting line, you get to visit with somebody a little more directly and thus the name. Is that accurate right there, the way I said that? That's precisely it. So it's the, the name direct came with the idea that the relationship is directly with the patient. The physician's responsibility and relationship is directly with the patient. And if I'm on the phone with you, but the doctor, let's say you are with somebody else, I can wait for a little while right? I can wait for 15 or you can call me back when you're done. Is that another advantage is that I'll have something um, not necessarily immediately, but as close as possible? Yeah. So as I mentioned earlier, uh, you know, you have access to your primary doctor through email, through phone, text, video, call. So a lot of direct primary care physicians actually give their cell phone numbers to their patients. So you can call them, say you could call and you might say, look, I'm not able to talk to them right now because I'm seeing another patient, but I have your number on me, so I'm able to call you right back. For the, for the individual, it's, look, I'm healthy, I take care of myself, I just need my numbers every once a year, have the exam. Is it advantageous for that type of individual as well? And tell me how, you, do you say, hey, listen, your cholesterol is a little bit higher than normal. Let's work on our diet plan and it'll be right where you need it to be, or your body fat mass, or so, you know what I'm saying? There's different, different ways that I would imagine. I'm healthy. I want to take care of myself. I'm doing a pretty good job of it, but I need somebody to just give me a plan and help me to stay and maintain that and, and try to improve it over time. Right. So the, the, the idea is, yes, there might be some patients who may use the, this model a lot more than others. So uh, healthier patients may not have a need to, to have that regular interface with their physicians. But keep in mind that we all will at some point or other face health care services in one shape or another. There is no telling just because you are 20 years old doesn't mean you won't get into an accident, God forbid. Well, Stephen is always going, hey, Doc, it hurts every time I do this. (laughs) So, Doc, don't do that. that. So, we know from epidemiologic studies that as we we grow older, and we don't even need epidemiologic studies, we all know that as we grow older, we develop. Unfortunately, the body is not meant to stay healthy and, and agile all the time. So, Things happen, accidents happen, you get sick, you travel. So it is having that uh, personal relationship with a physician that keeps you healthy, Mm -hmm. that has plans for you to stay healthy Mm -hmm. so that when you grow older, 
hopefully less likely to develop the chronic illnesses we feel. The direct plan that you've been mentioning, does that include my wife and kids for those that are listening? Or would there be a different pricing, obviously, the more people that are involved? Or is it just for me, whoever me is? Yeah, so it, in order for, there, there are some drug primary care services that offer family plans. Mm-hmm. So that has to be a family physician who sees kids, right? For an internist like me, uh, a family plan would have to be adult. So if you have an adult person above the age of 18 and above, there is definitely a, a, a package that are given for members that have that come as a bundle. Mm-hmm. But I, for example, internist direct primary care physicians will not be able to see kids below the age of 18. We're speaking with Sosana Kebeda. She is the uh, founder and doctor at uh, Saliglasa. Uh, which is located in Grayson, because I was going to say that part of that is uh, part of it is also where you're located, because if you're going to have this relationship, you don't want to be driving an hour and a half every time you go see the doctor. So some of it is kind of where you're located. Um, but I wanted to ask you um, just kind of the the founding of Saliglasa. what because you clearly have not done direct primary care your entire career. So. Uh, so how, you know, how did this get started and how did you get involved? Sure. In it? Thanks. Thanks for asking me that question. So uh, first, just a, a quick clarification. I live in, in Grayson, Georgia, but my office. Oh, pro- I apologize. No, no, you're good. You're good. Grayson is right. Why would you uh, want the- to apologize for Grayson? Grayson's <laughs> I apologize that I gave where her office is and it's not. So tell us where it is. So uh, my office will be in Snellville, Georgia, okay. not too far from Grayson. So, so you, you got So people it right. in Grayson can certainly go Grayson. very comfortable. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so how Sally Glassa? So Sally Glassa was started, as, as you mentioned, uh, I come from a background of uh, essentially a lot of uh, academic background in my past. But um, I am, in addition to being an internist, I'm also a public health practitioner and uh, had worked in community health work um, and taught health policy for several years. Um, I moved to Sally Glassa or decided to found Sally Glassa because I have experienced primary care service firsthand and seen the challenges we face. Sally Glassa, the name itself, a lot of people are curious, comes from, it's actually a made up word. I made it up. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. I made it up and it stands for uh, letters that, that, that represent uh, wisdom, intellect, justice, and peace, as well as curiosity. So it's a made up word that that stand for those things that are values that I hold dearly. Um, so at Sally Glassa, the, the focus of our direct primary care is patient engagement and quality improvement. And why I chose these two is because I, as a physician and a public health practitioner, worked a lot in these specific area arenas for many, many years. Quality improvement, as you probably know, is is a huge discipline in of itself. And I'm actually a certified quality improvement physician and have trained multiple uh, frontline healthcare staff and uh, healthcare providers in this arena. And we know in in the United States, one of the major uh, challenges we face in healthcare is patient safety. Medication errors or healthcare-related harm is a huge problem. Mm. So one of the works we do as as, uh, quality improvement practitioners is try to figure out when we set up healthcare service delivery models, how do we make sure that safety isn't the highest 
part of our, our, our thought process. So as, a, as someone who has worked in that field and has trained others, the focus of my service or Sally Glassa will be quality improvement. Mm. The other aspect of Sally Glassa or the focus of Sally Glassa is patient engagement. And that word or that phrase is actually even less well understood than quality improvement. But the official description is it's a process whereby patients are actively working with their providers to improve their own health outcomes. So you don't need to be a doctor to know that many patients are not well engaged. And that's not for lack of desire on the patient's part for a lot of times, and it's not for lack of wanting to do it from the physician's perspective, but we just don't have time. The conventional healthcare system, the 15 minutes per patient system just does not allow for that kind of engagement. So at Sally Glassa, we're going to try and create the model where we bring in quality improvement aspects as well as patient engagement aspects into practice and demonstrate that with the appropriate and effective impl- uh, implementation of these aspects, we can actually improve health outcomes. Mm. Well said. Yeah. I didn't need any adjectives. to. No, there's no, we can't add any adjectives to that. That, that is uh, top notch. I, I think there's nothing left to say, except uh, I, I'm going to ask a, a couple things. First of all, uh, Sally Glassa located in Snellville, certainly that surrounding area uh, will be benefiting from that. Is, is, do you, did you come this morning equipped with a knowledge of, for those people who maybe aren't in that area, uh, is there a way they can find a direct primary care physician uh, or group of physicians near them? Is there a national place that people can go to look for that? Yes, there are actually plenty of direct primary care physicians mm that are spread out through the Atlanta metro area. And the best thing I think to do would be to just Just type in, yeah, Google it. Direct primary care. Uh, Direct primary care. And and one thing I want to say is if you've seen one direct primary care, you probably have seen one. So it's important to read their description to figure out what they focus on. Which is, again, that's so different from the typical experience in the insurance uh, insurance background. Because if you've seen one, you've seen many. Where, yeah, it's it's find the one who's going to best meet your goals, find the one. It, it, you're setting up a relationship. I mean, that's really yes. what this comes down to is an actual doctor-patient relationship will help both the doctor and especially the patient because the doctor understands them and knows them and kind of helps them engage more. I, I, we've become so... I, I got to engage as little as possible because it costs me as because it's because of the cost of it or the... Pro, the prohibitive nature of getting in front of the doctor. And so trying to take those barriers down, I, I salute you for that. So let's, uh, so search direct primary care or uh, saliglossa.com. Is, so, is, is so, that the best? Yeah, the contact. So just to, to, to highlight the, the quick thing about, you know, choosing DPC. So our offering is basically, as mentioned, quality improvement and, and patient engagement. So, you know, these are patients that are interested in really being engaged in their own healthcare. The other major aspect of Sally Glass's offering is we are also a consulting service. Mm. So we do consulting services for uh, organizations that are either health systems or third-party payers that are interested in seeing their clients' health uh, care improve. So, you know, if they want to reach us, info at sallyglassa.com. Spell Sally Glassa for us. S-A-L-I. G-L-A-S-A. 
And I believe you're making a special deal that if anyone can figure out exactly what each letter, how it uh, relates to the ones you made, you talked about it being a made-up word, they'll get a 10% discount. No, I'm just kidding. You get free <laughs> that, that, that's case what of Advil I'm, for I'm all the headache of trying to figure close. out what order everything came in. But, but, but there's something close. There's a promotional right now. There is the one-time $150 uh, membership fee is waived for anyone who signs up. Okay. Uh, so... There you have it. See, I got him a discount. You well, did. she brought him you a did. discount. But I, I <laughs> pointed out, and if anyone can figure out, no, I love that you made up a word and I love what it stands for. And uh, I, the way Americans consume healthcare, I believe, has to change. I don't know if you kind of, and, and I love the passion you're bringing and the common sense, obvious way to build a relationship with your patients to help them have uh, a better outcome uh, with their health care. So, uh, Dr. Sosina uh, Kebeda, thank you so much for being here, and thank you for bringing the story of Saliglossa to us today. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Uh, Harper, before I do our last read, we have a surprise. We do. <laughs> Would you like to introduce? You want me to introduce Mike Salmon? Yeah. Mike? Our, our uh, wonderful hello. You're the boss. You're the man. How Actually, you doing, Harper? I'm good. Steven. What's going on, Mike? Listen, you've had a great sh- program today. The theme has been women. You've got two wonderful women leaders here joining us in the studio. Women in construction event going on. Our partners, the Atlantic Gladiators, they've got a women's event going on this weekend that we want to mention. Uh, it's called Women in Business. It's a pregame panel and networking event. It's this Saturday night, night February 3rd at 6 o'clock. Doors open at 530 Again, the event starts at 6 o'clock. It's a panel and a networking event with some women speakers and some amazing companies, uh, Piedmont Hospital and some others as well. But six women leaders are going to be talking and leading the panel discussion. It's a $40 ticket, and that $40 ticket gets you, of course, into the networking event, the whole panel thing, and, of course, the Gladiators game that night. So if you want more information about the Atlantic Gladiators Women in Business pregame panel and networking event this uh, Saturday, February 3rd at 6 o'clock go to atlanticgladiators.com and check it out so you get to learn more about women in the world and what they're doing and get to see a hockey game and and uh and draw a fight your sword out. what can be better than that that's a now are men allowed men. or are there no no dogs men, allowed, right? women everybody's allowed everyone's go. allowed good everyone can draw their sword All right. Uh, I do want to remind everybody that Gwinnett Business Radio is brought to you by Regions Bank. Regions Bank, uh, we all know that keeping your company's financial future on track means having the right resources to support your growth. Regions Commercial Banking offers you lending capabilities and strategic solutions tailored to your needs. And you'll work with a team of experienced bankers here in Gwinnett. Discover steps to take that can help move you closer to your business goals. Regions is here to help. To learn more, visit regions.com forward slash commercial dash banking. Regions Bank. Member. FDI. I see. Also a leader of women in business. And speaking of leaders of women in business, I do want to thank one more time Cheryl Alberico from You Just Construction and Sosana Kebeda from Saliglasa uh, Direct Primary Care and Consulting Services. And Harper, I want to thank you. You got through that without needing a prescription of any kind. It took all the way to the end, but nailed it. Yeah, you did. Absolutely. Thank you for being a trusty co-host. Thank Mike for being a surprise guest and a wonderful announcement. And thank Dan for producing. And he broke his streak. I was proud of Dan at the introduction. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, then you're not a regular listener. But we would love for you to be a regular listener here on Gwinnett Business Radio.